folks, and welcome or welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again. And this podcast was brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis, a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian. He's been living here in Japan for the past two decades, eight years of which he's been actively buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in the city on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So his company has a dedicated loan officer in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts panel sessions. So you're probably already aware that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or if you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, drop him a line on emil.gorgis, that's E-M-I-L dot G-O-R-G double E-S, emil.gorgis at tokyorealty.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right, so right before we dive into today's episode, just a heads up, I'm going to be heading off to Australia for about three weeks. Finally, first time leaving the country in the last three years, much needed holiday, well, working holiday, I suppose, and even more needed family time. We're going to visit mom, who desperately needs a family fix. It's been way too long. But what this means is, is that I'm going to be on mobile internet connection for most of the next three weeks, which naturally limits my video uploading capabilities. So I'll try to maybe upload some stuff whenever I'm on a wired connection or alternatively publish some audio only content. But just in case that proves to be challenging as well, please forgive me in advance if I go radio silent on you for the next few weeks. I promise to be up and at them again toward the end of August and hopefully uh, feeling uh, greatly rejuvenated and refreshed as well. So for today's episode, this is another JREP or about two thirds of our JREP crew to be exact, uh, Emil, Tracy and myself in a session. And we're talking all things related to furniture and appliances new versus secondhand, what works best for what kind of property, warranties, replacements, disposals, removals, um, where and how to get the best price for these residential property necessities. And we also segue a bit into the internet of things, smart homes, automated devices, although we're going to have a bigger and deeper session about that particular topic in one of our future episodes. So nice casual chat there about all things uh, furniture and mainly appliances related here in Japan. Hope you enjoy the conversation and I'll see you again on the other side. Got it. Recording in progress. And we're back. J Rep, Japan Real Estate Experts panel featuring the lovely Tracy, the lovely Emil, and myself. Let's skip the intro this time. <laughs> 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 there are descriptions under our faces anyway. People know what we're all about. And then we'll yeah, get I into it. I think we're right over here for me. Yeah. 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 Tokyo-based real estate. You're an actual building. Agent. If you, if this is agent. <laughs> I think your screen's just too small. <laughs> so, yes. Wow. What an exciting time. Finally, we're opening the borders, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Tracy, especially for you. A little bit for me. Especially for you. Uh, it's been a slow, slow... Well, I've got people coming in. I've got people coming in on relocation. So these are people that are had had visas approved way back when, and they're now starting to coming in. So these are people that have jobs. They're look, they're doing relocation. So they're coming in, staying with me for a month or two while they're getting longer term rentals. So um, yeah, it's um, I'm full right now. I'm like I'm full. Oh, great, excellent. You're excellent. full. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And just, just for people who are listening, yeah, so Japan's had their borders close to tourism for quite some time. And Tracy being the uh, short-term rental, short-term stay expert that she is, the manager that she is, um, you know, this I guess, inbound tourism um, uh, restrictions that <laughs> seriously impact short-term yeah. hosts, short-term stay hosts. So, yeah, it's good that Japan's finally opening up, allowing tourism back in, hopefully from June, 
I think they yeah, said as of the time of this recording. So we're recording this on uh, mid-May. Uh, as of this time, it seems to the uh, indication seems to be that borders will open in June. But there have been words of caution issued along the way. So we'll see how we go with that. Yeah, I mean they're saying they're going to open for tourists, but as long as you're in a like a monitor to it like make sure that there's going to be eyes watching you you can't be let loose into the wild west so yeah. um bringing um, your bringing your smells and diseases so uh <laughs> so but sure. i mean that's just a bit insane really that's just a bit insane i think it's yeah. just to well, keep, uh, keep locals happy yeah it's it's a it's a step to opening up so hopefully if that happens and we, we do see that once they do these steps they kind of move a little bit quickly um i think yeah 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 well, degree, like, okay. and there's more pressure coming from the government there's more pressure coming from you know other politicians going come on guys this is lunacy and so, business lobbies they've been and business they've been lobbies livid and, about it yeah yeah so uh, there's more and more pressure but um i hope so okay. because but we did have the same announcement that group tours will be allowed um i think towards the end of last year or beginning of this year that was and then they, uh, they quickly backtracked that one so we'll see how we go well, yeah, that, that was yeah, definitely. But that was pre-Omicron. Like in December, we were having like five cases a day in Tokyo, mm. um, and then Omicron hit and went up to you know the thousands and thousands. Um, so uh, that's why they, they stopped everything. Like they were really planning on end of December, oh, we'll be down to very low time to start everything up again, and then they halted. They've halted it again because Omicron spike. So now, hopefully, touch uh, wood, there's there's mm. nothing else in in the horizon. But let's talk real estate. Let's talk yes. real estate. I, I, I just add that I'm a lot more excited about actually getting out of Japan for a while. So hopefully, if Emil's experience mm -hmm. is not too bad, because he's going a month before I do. Um, You're going I next know. week. You're going next week? Oh, I thought you said July. Uh, July is to Australia. Next week, I'm going to the US. Oh, ah, um, okay. For a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for like a, a Web3 conference that I want to participate in. Um, just, just want to learn about the Web3 space and, and how, that's, how that's going to be, how that's going to happen. So yeah, um, that's happening uh, next week. So I'll be out just, just for like seven days. So I'll, I'll let you know so the, the process, the ins and outs of having to leave. I think going, I think going to the US. Do you need a PCR yeah. kit? Um, I do need to test, but I think the certificate that they have, what is it? Uh, is, I, I'm still looking into the online system that we need certificates but there's the free ones now i think you're doing as well no get. these these are the travel certificates so yeah i'll talk to you about it offline but this okay. is just to get into yeah. japan i mean out no, of no, japan. No, to, get, to get into america oh yeah, america okay. yeah yeah america price testing so mm -hmm. yes but that's yeah my first trip on my own for a long time with three little kids it's usually uh uh you know so much coordination or what have you now it's just like ooh, agile like i'm not just <laughs> i can get ready in the morning of the trip yeah <laughs> and i'll be like in terms of packing and what have you um yeah so where are we at with uh real estate what's happened recently we just i think i mentioned before there was a family that we had that was pregnant uh, they're pregnant and they're expecting a baby in june end of june so in five six weeks time uh so we just settled on their house in Yokohama, a brand new build that was uh two days ago on monday they got the keys and we went into the house and visited it um and it was really sweet, just you know, so you know, so thank all the thank yous and congratulations and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I was driving away from the house, and they just sort of were standing by the front door, you know, holding hands. Mum's like, you know, eight months pregnant, <laughs> barely speaking out, just young family, um, you know, soon to be, <laughs> you know, real family, just sort of waving goodbye, and it's just like really fish, uh, picturesque. And it's in Yokohama, so the block of land was quite big. And it's a nice, beautiful new house. And it's not like, you know, stuck in amongst all others so much. Um, I was, yeah, very, the, the cliche new family home buyer, 100%. <laughs> and even the, 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 the wife's handbag, you can see she had the emblem, you know, in, in Japan, they have the, the, the pregnancy um, token badge that they put on a handbag. So when you jump on the train or whatnot, other people know, oh, this person's pregnant. I should give up my seat for them. Um, <laughs> don't you get me started Emil don't yeah, yeah, you get me started on that one <laughs> optimist, optimism uh, <laughs> optimistically speaking but yeah it was just it was just lovely just really fantastic yeah so I'm so happy oh, 
But what, it, what is your happened. feeling about how the market's going? I'm sensing that there's certainly a cool down in the rental space. There doesn't seem to be as many people renting. There seems to be a lot of people leaving, but there seems to be a lot of vacancies in just the, in the rental space um, in central Tokyo. Um, as a place that I'm looking at getting for short-term rentals, they're desperate for me to get it. Um, but I've, first of all, I've got to get my licenses and stuff, all those ducks in a row first. Um, and they're dropping the price. Is they're saying like, and they're wanting to give me two months free and all this stuff. So it's like, it's really tempting. <laughs> so um, I'm not feeling this in the other cities. I wonder if that's a part of that trend of people um, going out of uh, Fukuoka, going out of Tokyo to um, to work in the suburbs or the countryside if they can. Well, I'm also, but I am also noticing just in, this is anecdotal, I don't have any stats whatsoever, that there are a lot of like long-term residents who are leaving and um, the, the, the people coming in, it just hasn't, it hasn't, uh, there's more people coming in, but it's just, it's not one-to-one. It's still, you know, a net loss to Japan. Um, and also, you know, my husband being in the moving business, he's also seeing it in that there's, if you are coming into Japan, you could pretty much furnish a whole place for free because, you know, the, the, the amount of furniture that's being, you know, bash burned and buried is, is, uh, is overwhelming. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you want to open a secondhand shop, <laughs> come to Japan right now because there's no shortage of, um, of stock. Tracy, on that note, I just want to do a bit of a plug for your husband. So I'm one of the guys, I've closed up like two Airbnb properties, that are two full houses that I've sort of shut up and put to regular Japanese rental because COVID was, was basically too dry. Um, and yeah, I just yeah, called your husband and I didn't even have to go there. I just get yeah, the keys in the key box. You go check it out. Let me know what it is to, you know, you get rid of everything. You sell whatever you want, pocket it, just empty the whole thing i don't want it i need it all clear and vacated by like an empty and ready for the cleaners to come in and regular rental like in a week's time or two weeks time and he's like yep i got it and then and it's all done it's all done so uh, yeah he's been doing a lot of that and actually where he is right now he's actually doing a run to salvation army because he, he did another he did another disposal this week and you know our any storage we have is just packed to the roof of things that we think are worthwhile for our next few properties that we're going to open when the, you know, when the market heats up a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, mm. I had, I had a, a property in, it was an in-laws property in Hachioji yes. that we were using for storage. And that was like, you know, from two, three years ago when the regulations came in, we had about three or four properties worth of furniture in there, like yep. fridge. Water. Oh, he's breaking up. That seems to be happening to now. Um, You're like breaking up on me. Like 80 embeds. Um, the, the, the fancy ones, which is basically called it once. Yeah. You're oh, breaking up a little right bit, there. Emil. Uh, breaking up a little bit. Oh, and he's and he's off. Uh, hold on. I'm just switching. How about now? That's better. We can hear you now. We okay. just can't see your handsome face. Okay. Well, I can't see Ziv's face. Really? I can see yeah, Tracy. I think. Just oh, there we go. There we go. Let's see. Let me let me turn my camera off and again very briefly. Oh yeah, you see you got me. Okay, yeah. So, what I said, yeah, we had like this house up there that had, ooh, I don't know, like four of these like eighty thousand yen IKEA sofa beds, um, three or four sets of double beds, IKEA double beds, double bed, like actual double bed frames, mattresses, so much stuff. And then the in-laws like we're selling the house, selling basically they're gonna they're gonna tear down that the house, um. They're going to tear it down and sell it just as vacant land. And he goes, what do you want to do with the stuff? And I said, can like, can the guys that tear it down just get rid of all the stuff as well? I just don't want to deal with it ever again. And he goes, he's like, oh, can you check? So get it for free. Done. So that was just one headache. Gone. Gone. Maybe like two or three million. But the problem is it's Ikea furniture, right? Yeah. It's so, and, and it was too... Uh, like uh, about an hour and a half drive away, right? Um, so just to, if someone wants to buy it and access it, it's just too much headache. Even if someone just wants to come have a look at it, yeah, it, it's not worth it. it. It's not worth the headache for me um, to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Just, you know, for maybe a few million. 
Um, well, even so what, with, yeah. what, 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 what Ashley's doing is, is, you know, basically all this stuff is giving it away for free. He's the money he's making is on the, is on the deliveries. So, um, so even that's problematic, but, um, yeah, really like people coming into Japan, you can really, you know, just, you know, you can really furnish like with really good yeah. stuff, very, very cheaply or next to nothing. Definitely. Definitely. It's like the old days, Definitely. like the bubble days where, you know, when my brother first moved to Japan, like he again furnished his whole house um, from from the sodai gomi that was left on the street. So, so, so maybe it's worth also updating the listeners about why furniture is given away or thrown away. Um, Tracy or Ziv, I'll, I'll let you guys jump into that. But I think that's that's something about Japan that is interesting because back home, I know in, in Australia, if I wanted to get rid of a sofa. Or to get rid of something, one you'd sell it generally. Or if you wanted to give it away, wow, you'd have people lining out the door like in in a minute to come grab anything. Yeah. But what's the situation in Japan? Why why don't we see that? Well, Australia would be also leaving it on the street, especially it'd be living on the street. Yeah. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. it, it would normally, if it's not in bad shape, it'd normally be gone in an overnight, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the, the issue is is that that you know traditionally Japanese people want new and shiny. Um, and, uh, you know, even the bubble days when there was a new model, when there was a new model air conditioner and when there was a new model microwave, there was nothing wrong with the existing microwave, but there was a new model out that had, that went ping instead of pong. And so, um, everybody wanted it and, uh, disposable income was never really an issue here in Japan. And also everyone's encouraged to, um, you know, uh, not to be sustainable. Everyone's encouraged to, con- to consume. And so secondhand goods really have, ha- have no perceived value. Um, and so they're, they're put out in the street as, uh, as what's called sodai gomi, which is large gomi. So anything more than like a toaster, um, if it's smaller than a toaster once a month, you can leave it out um, and they have a hard rubbish pickup day that is uh that's done but um uh but anything larger than that you have to call up the ward office and get a sticker and get a date and uh, they come around and pick it up and pay um, for it and pay for it but it's not actually it's not that expensive it's not that expensive it's, no, it's just not a that. pain because um yeah it's just a pain because you know it's usually like a month like you've got to book it a month in advance and if you're leaving and if you're leaving next week you can't you know you can't just leave it on the street so mm-hmm. you do have to be a bit organized um and that's why you know you can get you can, you know if people are so desperate that they're just giving stuff away you can if you've got a truck or you can have a car you can you know pick up stuff with people that are desperate because they don't want to pay or they don't have the time or they can't be bothered with it like you know like you said emil like me (laughs) (laughs) but like i said there's no perceived value like the depreciation and and um for a company you can you know a lot of these sort of capital um you know capital investments you can actually depreciate on your tax and that's sort of um an included uh tax write-off um, you know, which is what we do. We we write off our, you know, we depreciate our assets, be that be them computers or or furniture or whatever. That's all. That's all depreciated. You um, probably also note that um, that's one of the uh, peeves, um, and it's a legitimate peeve that people have with uh, foreigners who are not aware of the proper way to dispose of their uh, rubbish, whether it's big or small. And I hate to say this because it's feeding into Emil's narrative from some previous episode, but um, we've just had another case and it's not the first of a foreign student who just took off and just left everything that they owned in the apartment. You know, it's it's just... But it's not just, it's not just foreigners actually. No, no, of course not. There was a friend of mine and she, this happened last week, no word of a lie, she's got it on film. Um, There was a person who was dressed all in white with a hoodie, a white mask and sunglasses, dragged a mattress down the street and she got them on the outside security cameras coming down the street and they and it, they dumped this this manky disgusting uh mattress on the outside of her property and um and so then she had to call up Sodai Gomi and she called the police she's like who is this illegal dumping person so but it had to be local so you know just to see this guy obviously prepared you know, wearing, um, you know, wearing a disguise, dragging this like manky old mattress down the street to dump it. So mm-hmm. it, it isn't just, uh, it isn't just foreigners, but 
the other time that that happened was um, at uh, just after the earthquake, after the big Tohoku earthquake, when a lot of people just took off really quickly. Um, friends of mine just said there, there were people that just stood up from their from their dining table and uh, and left, and and all the relocation companies had to come in and you know do things like empty out the dishwasher, things like that. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. That that was a bit of a time of crisis, though. I don't actually. Uh, was it? Yeah. So so the yeah so the the issue with I think the furniture disposal in Japan, one is it it's so the re- the reason I think a lot of people don't just collect other people's stuff because we see with Mercari and um, Yahoo Auctions these platforms that sell used goods they're very popular they're booming there is definitely a market for these things but when you get to large appliances and furniture it's hard to move it because nobody has cars a lot of people don't have cars if it's places where do you have cars actually like you, you do see movement people will come pick it up etc um but in it's not available to the masses because whereas in you know in australia and in the west it's quite common a lot of people have cars so i think that's one aspect to it the other one is move out deadlines people are often stuck with like especially these smaller places that they have to move out by a certain date and then they call for the disposal and they have to pay money to dispose of stuff. And even though it's not overly expensive, like a mattress, a spring mattress is 2,000 yen. Kind of expensive, kind of not, but it's two, uh, It's like four weeks in advance. It depends on the ward, but it's like four weeks in advance you have to book it. Mm. And so people who are looking to move out don't realize this until <laughs> a bit too I late. And like, well, yeah. I've, I've got to get rid of this mattress in in three days and so they got me the cheap option which is the the paid um counter to come pick it up option is not available for me for another month so i can either pay someone to dispose of it which is going to cost me a you know, hundred bucks ten thousand yen or i can just <laughs> strung arm it down to this uh lady's house and drop it off in front there uh yeah so i i see the situation um but yeah, that, that's the nature of how things are. Yeah, in Japan. electronics are hard too because electronics have to have it there. You know, furniture is one thing, but electronics have to be disposed of in a different way. Um, and if you use the recycle, the recycle places, they will charge like uh, they will charge a ridiculous amount of money and to take to take working televisions that they then turn around and sell again. So they make mm-hmm. money off both ends. Um, but buying white goods from a recycle shop. Like, because we often do that. We often buy, um, you know, fridges and washing machines from, rather than buying it from someone leaving, we'll buy it from a recycle shop because it's been cleaned up. Um, it has a warrant. They also give a warranty. And they work and they, they get it, you know, getting something secondhand from someone leaving. Um, you know, when you're getting a fridge and you have to like, you know, clean out someone else's gook when you're trying to set up a house, that's no fun at all. So mm. we've found that we get much better value for our time and energy buying from a secondhand recycle centre. Um, we're never going to buy new. Like, I'm never going to buy a fridge new for, for a short-term rental ever. Um, when I can get something that's, like, two years old, uh, three years old, perfect working condition, delivered with a warranty for less than half the price. So, yeah, so- that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but on the disposal side, there's, you know, another big culprit is, um, for some reason, farmers or people in uh, more rural communities. Like if you go hiking halfway oh, yeah. up the mountain, the there's always a dumping ground where the local farmers just chuck away metal and, and white goods and, and just really? rubbish. And this. You oh, would yeah, think they would be a little fun. bit more aware of that, but apparently no. Well, wow. you dump cars as well. Like, yeah, yeah, cars too. Nothing. I've seen a lot of that. Cars and motorbikes and bicycles just dumped in, you know, um, and, you know, and you've got to be careful as well. If you're around Tokyo, um, often Akia, uh, people will dump things in Akia in the middle of the night um, it, uh, at um, abandoned houses. So, you should have had Matt here today. He probably have a few things to say about that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, he's, he's got a bunch of stories. Um yeah. Mm. I, I was going to say something. I completely slipped my mind. Oh, yeah. There we go. 
So dispose of your rubbish responsibly. No, but the, I mean, foreigners, foreigners do have a bad reputation for this. And a lot of Japanese, I mean, one of the main reasons that people complain about um, having a minpako or short-term stay in their building is um, those bloody tourists don't know the proper rubbish disposal rules, right? I mean, Tracy, I'm sure you've heard yep. that before. Well, that's part of my job. My job, I don't sell cheap accommodation. That's not my product. I sell a local experience. And that local experience includes education about community responsibilities. So um, if you're wanting cheap accommodation, don't come stay with me. If you want to understand the DNA of what it's like to live in, in Tokyo, I'm your girl. I will give you all the information on how to thrive, on how to, you know, how to live like a local. And that includes being, being a good neighbor and uh, making sure that your trash is well, you know, you're well educated on how to dispose of your trash and how, you know, so, um, you know, that's, that's my product, um, which is different from other short term rental hosts around. Um, but that's what I'm pretty careful about. Mm-hmm. Mm, crucial yeah but i should give a plug you know my husband actually he's just driven home give a plug for him he's uh you know if you're needing um you know disposal or uh just moving stuff around um yeah he's you know he's a good guy it's gold how should we contact him um we can contact him through me anytime um he has a facebook page which is gold star so Gold star. So I'm sure there's lots of gold star. Gold star. Gold star. Gold star the show notes if you send me the link, Tracy. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. So it's, but it's also on Tokyo Family Stays. It's also like there's also a page on Tokyo Family Stays for gold star removals. So, yeah. Yeah. So everyone new who's listening, um, yeah, gold star removals. You gold star moving. Yeah, he'll move. take care of all of yeah. your um, moving so, needs. Mm. So if you need to get stuff, just you need to get rid of stuff because you're moving, you need to dispose of it or you need to sell something. Or if you bought something on one of like, you know, on that's a crazy better, list, yeah. Mercari, whatnot, yeah. you need someone to pick it up for you and just move it. You need a man with a van. Yep. Man with a van. Call for, call for a quote. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Great. I like it. I like it. Um, I've learned this week that you can actually negotiate um, when you're buying white goods from big stores, like um, big boxes, like a big camera or Yodobashi camera, all of those. Um, apparently, you can negotiate. The price is not final. I was not aware of that. So I didn't know that either. I've yeah. never tried that. Oh, Stand educated. Okay. From a Japanese oh. person. Like, I thought it was, yeah. You from movies. A- you guys well, are so new. All right. I, I just look for, Oh, I just look here we go. Can't give it to us. <laughs> I just look for last year's model. And, you know, last year's no, model. No, no, I know they're discounted when there's a new model that comes out, but that's an official discount. It's actually, there's a sticker on the product. So can I give you my... my Absolutely. This is what, I, what I tell everyone about it. So this is what <laughs> I, I, I hustle and haggle. Um, well, one about negotiations, two about warranties, okay? Because... Um, the point I, I just call now the point I wanted to mention is, you know, um, actually, Trace, let me talk about warranties first. Sure. Okay? I historically like buying things new because um, you get an extended, especially white goods, because you get extended. Um, uh, oh, sorry, I got some kid yelling in the back. <laughs> One of my kids, other straight kids. I'm on the balcony, so I hear everything on the road. Um, warranties for white goods. Um, Generally, the fridge and air conditioners, I want to get 10-year warranties, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if it breaks down, it's going to cost a lot. Warranties in Japan are very cheap. Um, it's 5% of the purchase price. So often if you buy something, a big camera or wherever, even online, you can get a five-year or 10-year extended warranty for 5% of the purchase price. In, in Australia, it's about, you know, maybe about 10% or so is what they charge or 15% of the product value for the extended warranty. At 5% extended warranty cost, I think is very good value, mm. right? So that that's my initial position, which is why I always try to get extended warranty. Um, generally, that 5%, if it's if the product is over 100,000 yen, then it gets a 10-year extended warranty. If the product is over is under 100,000 yen, like between, I think, 50 to 100,000 yen, that same 5% will get you a five-year extended warranty, okay? Okay. Uh, Except washing machines. Washing machines, even though they're over 100,000, they'll still, you'll still just get a five-year extended warranty with it. This is through Big Camera or Yodobashi, or even on the online retailers, you have the option for extended warranty. Okay. 
so generally when I get air conditioners and like any of the like the air conditioners, fridge um, or washing machine, I'll pay the 5% for the extended warranty. Uh, and uh, just sort of peace of mind that I've got for it. Um, even small appliances, vacuums, and like I, I like the like the Dyson vacuums and stuff like that. So you know, there's still like fifty or eight to eighty thousand yen, depends on on the model. Uh, it will, I'll still pay the five percent and just have peace of mind for for five years, right? However, I have found something recently that oh, sorry, and this is one of the reasons I don't really usually buy used for the items. That's okay. for you. That's for your personal house, right? Which is different from. Uh, no, from, even for no, from even rentals. for the Airbnb stuff, even for the rental stuff, because I, I still want the warranty. It's too cheap. Like if it something happens, yeah. but, but, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second, right? And we interrupt this broadcast. I always wanted to say this. We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining or if you just need summer quiet to hide away from the world. So they offer a variety of options for families, for corporate relocations, or simply if you're transitioning between homes in Tokyo. Now the properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They've got fast, unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens. And they're just a delight to stay in. A fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know they're tiny, they're noisy. Fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but long term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, you definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profits or a holiday home that you want rented out when not in use via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com, well worth your visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at emil.gorgies, G-O-R-G-E-E-S at tokyorealty.jp. Right. And look, that's, yeah, no, that's completely fine. Depends on how much you want to spend on, on putting it together. And also what the item is, right? A TV, yes, because I find there's not much saving to be had buying used and the inconvenience. But um, you know, furniture doesn't really matter. Certain white. Yeah, but get goods. to the haggling. The haggling. Oh no, no. But about the insurance, the one the warranty. I found something interesting. Tepco now have a have a. It's a monthly subscription. It's like three hundred and fifty yen or five hundred yen per month. So it's three to five thousand yen per month per year. Sorry, and they give you a ten year warranty on your house goods. Um, so what includes washing machine? Includes a washing machine but um fridge and air conditioner units um and if you pay a bit extra you can also get like your if you have an ih cooktop okay uh so these like a few of these key items that generally i like to get the long extended warranty for even if you have them used it's from even if you buy them used just by subscribing to this service um uh if anything breaks down within 10 years of manufacturing date it's either 10 years of purchase date or if you bought it used it's 10 years of the manufacturer date right they'll provide a warranty for it so if you bought a, a five-year-old fridge if you're under this warranty plan then they'll cover it for you that's kind of like white goods insurance kind of thing yeah but yes. look, look i'll just i'm just going to push back a little bit on that emil because you know i've had 50 fridges 50 washing machines you know going in and out of places over the last 10 years the number of times that a fridge has broken down, I can count on one hand. Yes, they have broken down from time to time. The secondhand washing machines have broken down from time to time. 
but it's been, you know, and when it does happen, it's a royal pain in the butt. Like, you know, because it's usually when a guest is in and, um, and uh, you know, we've got to, you know, madly scramble and, and get something in. But like I said, 50, like the, the, the amount of problems that we've had with secondhand white goods um, that we've bought from the Recycle Centre has been very, very little. Um, well, fridges, I agree, but we've definitely had washing machines kick the bucket uh, more on more than one occasion, even just for our own personal use since we've been living here? Yeah. So, uh, no, well, no, I've, I mean, I've, I've had the same washing machine. I, I mean, I only use the top loaders and, you know, for short-term rentals, the, the combination washer-dryer things that take three hours per time, we don't touch with a barge pole because it just does not work when we're, when we're getting people in and out the same day. We always use top loaders and then a separate dryer unit. Um, but um, you know we've had very very few problems, and the one I've got for my own house is you know that's 10, 12 years old, and it's still going fine. So 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 let's let's separate this. I think rental and and short term stay sort of stuff where it's generally a cheaper quality item that you've put in there. Hey, the ash in the back. It's only it, it's a cheaper priced item that we that you have in there, right? Versus in your house, you've got the one with generally like your own personal home. You've generally spent up and you've got the one with the bells and whistles. Okay, there's more mechanics to it. It's a costlier investment, um, and also you can't live without it for a day. Like you, if it breaks down, you need to be able to call the person right away. And again, like you, I think of the reason it's only five percent, you know, repair co uh, insurance coverage is because the rate of of damage or the rate rate of breakdown is low. Yeah. Right. So it's still this with prep. Yeah. Which is why, in your experience, you've had very little. Very few. But yeah. I, I, yeah. For me, it's again, it's the convenience one. It's a cost that you can, you know, um, if you think if you're in the business, you can put it down to as, almost as an insurance. Mm. But for me, it's just the, the headache mitigation. That the moment it happens, bang, get someone to come and they fix it, and and that's mm. it. Rather than having to pay, like my my oven went out. My oven to sort of in warranty has expired, right? And the control panel that was eighty three thousand yen. Yikes. Right? Um, You're not talking about the haggling. I'm disappointed. I was waiting for that. Now, okay, that, that's it. So that's one, one thing I found. So TEPCO has that warranty plan, which I, I, I think is interesting for an entering option for many people. Haggling, whenever I go into a big camera or Yodabashi or wherever, the first thing I do is go on kakaku.com on my phone. Yeah, right. Yep. And I search, or even the app has a, a barcode scanner. You scan the barcode, it tells you what the prices are. Uh, online oh and of, then they'll beat the price will they and you just show them this is the best price oh. online and that's it like you you can try to haggle and but it, they'll 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 actually turn around and say like have you seen it cheaper elsewhere is your online shop because it's hard for them just to discount the price but if they um see that you've done it, it's they go okay yeah great then we can we can match it and then they'll do some kind of combination with the matching so um, for those who don't know, so big camera will have give you something like points, big points. So the standard is ten percent on most products. So if you buy a you know a um, a coffee maker for say uh, just say I'll do twenty thousand yen, right? You'll get it'll cost twenty thousand yen, but you get two thousand yen worth of points. Okay. Sometimes I'll turn around and say, oh look, you see it online for seventeen thousand yen. This is 18, this is 20,000, but you get 2,000 in a point. So effectively it's 18. You know what? Let's give you 15% points. Okay. So it's effectively 17,000. So if it's 20,000, but you're getting 3,000 worth of points, it's 17,000 yen real cost. That's the same as what you're seeing online. How's that sound? And you go, yep, I'll take it. Give me all the points. I like it. And that's how, that's how they do it. The biggest one you have, and this is what I recommend to everyone is air conditioners. Um, I've been, so air conditioners, because especially like my business, people buying brand new houses, very, very common. Um, and they'll need to buy, you know, three, four, five air conditioning units. So that's, and plus installation. So a decent air conditioner for the living room is about 200, 250,000 yen for the LDK, because you want a large one. Um, so it just has to be a lot bigger. Um, and generally you want the one that's got the, the sensors and now they come with the Wi-Fi connection and Alexa voice control or smart home, you know, Alexa set the living room aircon to 18 degrees, whatever it may be. So you're going to pay a little bit more 
for that rather than the basic, you know, 100,000 yen or for the bedrooms. You can get 40,000 yen units. But again, like if you can, you can also get an 80,000 yen unit. Um, or what I used to do traditionally was if it's 80 or 90,000, I'd buy the next one up just to make it 100,000 yen just so I can get the 10 year extended warranty instead of the five year extended warranty. Okay. But yeah, essentially you just show them, like you, you pick the models. Sometimes I pre-check the models on kakaku.com and then I'll go and um, find that specific item. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's how you do it. And often they'll say, yeah. And they'll, often they'll say on air conditioners, look, online it's, you know, 100,000 yen. We're selling it for 120,000 yen. But in 120,000, you get 10% points. That's 12,000 yen right there. And there's 8,000 difference. We include free, Big Camera will include free installation. That's worth 6,000 yen. So now there's only 2,000 yen difference in an effective price. Okay, we'll give you a few extra percentage points. If it's an aircon, it's a lot more than 6,000 yen installation too. Mm. But also, uh, I've, I've, I've gone to, you know, I've actually looked at kakaka.com and I've made the mistake of actually like finding out where the shop is and actually going to the shop. So, um, and, um, you know, buying it from the shop that had the cheapest one. I've never used the, the haggling at, um, uh, at the, the big box stores. We so I will try that. I will try yeah. that. But what I've had, what I have received before is coupons, like, uh, uh, when we put increase in points. Lobster. Well, like, you know, I like a, a coupon for... No, not like, a lobster, sorry, a crab, a big crab. No, a coupon for, like, you know, just, like, money, like, beer tickets or, you know, uh, um, uh, what are they called? Like, gift certificates. Shopping coupons. Yeah, yeah, shopping yeah. Shopping coupons, yeah. gift certificates that you can use at it, like, that you can use infinite items. So, um, instead of the points, I've actually had been given that as, a, you know, as the, as the effective discount. Is that a small store? That's at the retail, like a no, small um, a big camera or Yodabashi camera. Oh. I think during some sort of environmental, you know, you bought the thing that was environmentally uh, echo. Blah, 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 echo points and echo points. Yeah, yeah. That that was a. I don't know if they still do that. That was a program that, that was had. a few years ago. That yeah. is another thing though that's unique to Japan. I mean, not not the vouchers. The vouchers exist anywhere, but the fact that's like some, you know, you pay your taxes locally, you get bags of rice, you buy a new fridge, you get a crab box, like stuff that you wouldn't imagine uh, a white goods a white goods reseller would have anything to do with, but they people love that, right? They love that here. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of these like, tax incentives and whatnot. That, um, yeah, and they, they get a bit complex and, you know, everything in Japan is a bunch of steps and hurdles and sometimes the complexity is not worth the, uh, the effort. No, but I mean, the types of products, the kind of agricultural and food-related goods that you get when you buy something that's oh, yeah. completely... And it's like there's little farmer in the back that's actually growing rice just to give it to customers, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They have that. Eats as well, we meat a, and fish. We got a bag of rice. Um, there's a renovation going on up the street and they came around and we got some towels and a bag of rice uh, to say, oh, we're going to be annoying you because we're doing some renovations down the street. And all oh, Jamashimasa says, so we're going to, we're sorry for the inconvenience and here's a bag of rice. So it's like, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> so, mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we have now we've got a neighbor sort of moving in across the street. Um, and yeah, they in very tradi traditional manner. They they'll come and they'll introduce themselves to all the, the houses, and they give like a little bag, a, a gift of it could be like a, a confectionery, a, a snack, or bath bombs are pretty common as well. Bath bombs, hotels, yeah. Um, Towels. I mean, there's whole there's whole sections on Amazon on like buying this stuff, and um, we do that when we do Minpaku. When we get a new Minpaku license, we introduce ourselves to all the neighbours and and make sure that they've got our card and they know who to contact to, just to put people's minds at rest. Because it I is a, it's quite a difference um, between we had this conversation. I actually just published an episode with this conversation. There's a huge difference between um, owner occupied buildings and. Uh, buildings where most people rent. Like when we moved into a bu building where people are renting, um, they're not that happy when you come knocking. Yeah, you come knocking on their door with a gift. I just moved in, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas if it's owner occupiers, they know they're gonna be seeing you on a daily basis. You're gonna be coming to the Kumiai meeting. So they're, they're friendly, they're happy, they're, they're chatting. Yeah. 
but the renters are half of them are hikikomori from the looks of it yeah yeah um but i think it also depends on the environment like if it's a family right and you know the kids are going to interact they're all going to go to a local school even if you're renting mm. you'll meet the other people but yeah definitely with purchases um it's very common so um what you know in the majority of Of, like what would I say rather what's very common now is you know what you touched on uh, that is a point to think about is if it's if a mansion or a particular building or area uh, usually we can tell with mansions is if they are uh, mostly uh, owner occupied versus rental right so if we're looking at a, a building complex and we know it's 80% owner occupied then where the the only the potential client is is a lot happier knowing, okay, it's going to be well looked after. The owners, because they live there, they care to pay extra for the, the maintenance fee, yeah. right? Um, they want to make sure that the money is spent well, that they're going to update the lobby to make it look nice and um, nice and appealing, right? That the funds are well spent, that they do the renovations, there's no disputes. Um, whereas if it's largely rental, yeah, and you, you mentioned before, Ziv, as well, like for your clients, you don't want to increase it because you may flip it or sell it later. definitely uh, owner. Um, yeah you don't really care as long as getting the rent like the you're not going to get the roi on rental based on how nice the the uh entrance lobby is decorated yeah right? the so same goes for the renovations stuff. hello hello hey. this is my son <laughs> well, max he's just come home max. from school you can take your mask off now uh, you can take your mask off <laughs> <laughs> wow Yeah, so the yeah, same goes for when you're renovating a property that you've just purchased for oh, yeah. investment purposes, right? Like we just bought one uh, for ourselves in uh, Itoshima near Fukuoka, which is a really good place to hit yeah. before it starts going up too rapidly, by the way, for anyone listening, because it already has been. But um, we've... Um, I got one as well. The renovations and, oh, wow. we got another one. Oh! <laughs> uh, another small human. Yeah. <laughs> He wants the I kind of feel sorry the for the from the of office today now. I should have brought my kid in too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, the, um, the renov- it's, it's quite easy to estimate if you've got a good property manager, they'll let you know that, okay, let's say we you know, just spruce up the bathroom or we put in a whole new bathroom or we just spruce up this or we put in a whole new tatami or what have you. They can estimate very accurately how much extra rent you're actually going to be getting for those kind of works. And it usually, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be the cheapest possible renovation, but pretty close to it because the difference, the difference in rental income would be quite low. You might get a tenant a little bit faster when you've got a vacancy in case the renovation is a little bit nicer, but it's usually not really worth it to do anything beyond the very basic stuff. Actually, I wish Blanca was here because um, I, I want to sort of hear the, uh, so I've heard anecdotally that, that you can buy kitchens that are the samples of the display kitchens. Um, you can pick them up on Yahoo Auctions really cheaply and then you just need, you know, a bendy asan to, to block, you know, to, to plop them in. Um, yeah, often in the shops themselves too, they'll offer off-display stuff. Yeah, because again, yeah. new and shiny, um, and it, it's new and shiny for apartments, it's new and shiny for a, appliances and kitchens. So that's why, you know, if you don't mind getting the secondhand stuff or working with it, uh, and then you can, you know, really save money. But there's, so there's two, you know, we've really covered two schools of thought here. It's like, you know, go the secondhand route that has the warranty or, you know, spend a little more and get the extended warranty. So There's yeah. a bit to be so, said for the uh, profile of the property as well. I mean, some sure. properties generally tend to attract higher income tenants and then they and you do want stuff to be nicer in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I was just going to talk about that. So, yeah, we had a, a property in Azabu area, mm-hmm. um, like a two LDK. The rent was about 550,000 yen a month. Yep. So two so, LDK. Jeez, you got it going in Tokyo there. It's a nice, it's a nice big property. good location yeah. like it, it was a huge it was like the ldk was like 27 jaw wow. yeah yeah it was it was it was a nice beautiful place like they're just the yeah the, the amount that i think the renovation cost to renovate it was about like 22 million yen mm-hmm. just in reno, just in renovation costs so it was like nicely done that's like half a billion five years ago. Buy for that okay yeah 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 so different discussions that we have not in other yeah. right <laughs> so um Uh, I think the value of it would have been like between one like 100 to 150 million yen right but anyway, just for renovation 
um, went out there and, and yeah, it was like he wanted to make sure, like, redid the walls, um, like any sort of little, like, re resurfaced the, the floor. It was all natural floorboards, sort of re resurfaced the, revarnished the floorboards, um, touched up any little bit of wallpaper that was a bit off, even though it was only, like, done three years ago. Any bit of wallpaper, any little bumps, any imperfections, because he wanted to be very, very nice for the next, um, get, uh, next for the tenants. Right? He used to live there, but then he moved out, moving overseas. So very nice for the, the tenants. And also it affects the, the quality of tenant that you get, right? Um, yeah. People that are willing to that like something nice are going to treat it more more nicely, especially when you have such a fine, fine kind of property. Um, and also in relation to the cost of rent, right? If you're looking at 60,000 yen a month properties, 80,000 yen a month rental properties, you, it's hard to justify a, a million yen or even 500,000 yen on a, like almost a year's worth of rent on exactly. a new bathroom. Yeah. Right. But you can justify, you know, um, three weeks of rent on a new, on a new bathroom. Absolutely. And I mean, look, if someone's yeah. paying 550,000 yen, they're absolutely right to expect this level of work. Right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. And, and, but Emil, what you're really getting into the, you know, um, uh, W3, right? So, you know, Internet of Things, I've always sort of thought that Japan is kind of lagging behind the rest of the world in, in getting, you know, Internet of Things happening because uh, it's, it's just so disjointed between, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the fridge people and the, you know, the, the air conditioning people because there's no sort of central heating here. Um how's that coming along because obviously i'm interested in in having uh, being able to control remotely the uh the temperature inside a house i'd assume so, that so, they would be a leader in that they love their gadgets here no uh, they so, don't they don't they don't speak to each other so so so, so I'll, I'll jump in to explain briefly so web the web like iot the internet of things is i think so because like web 2 web the web 3 i mentioned earlier is more like metaverse um, virtual uh, worlds type stuff, so so completely yeah, I, and and blockchain type technologies. Uh, Where so but so Internet of Things discussion. Um, I like the idea of a smart house, but the my, so my understanding until recently was so the reason that air conditioners and units didn't have Wi-Fi built into them, a lot of them didn't have these Wi-Fi cables built onto them was because of regulation. You can't have a device like a certain white good that allows certain frequencies to be done. Uh, I don't know if they've changed that or not, but like to my, when I bought my air conditioner, it was a separate external Wi-Fi unit that has to connect to enable that functionality. And it costs like 10,000 yen a unit. Now though, they do have them that, are, that can connect. But you have it. But the thing is, so air conditioners are one thing. Um, in Japan, lights were always remote controlled. Yeah, but there's a that's an extra so, remote so, control, which, which oh, no, but, costs, but, right? But let's 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 sort of step back a bit, right? It's I like I think in the same way that Japan had an intermediary step in their technology that made it unnecessary to do the big jump, right? So whereas in the West we had just light bulbs, and then all of a sudden they went to smart light bulbs that you can control with your voice like they have connected light bulbs that you don't have to go and do the switch you can be in bed and tell it to be quiet whereas in japan they always had the remote control ones you could have a remote control by a bed head you can turn it off from your so even now it's like if i've got a remote control like why do i want a voice activated light because if, if i have to go and, and and go to actually physically switch it off every time then yes that definitely but why why do I need a voice activated light now when I have a remote control, right? Um, for for that same light, so that's why I find it hard. I've got friends in Australia that are like, oh yeah, we can just set the mood in the room, or just you know, Alexa, turn on living room lights, or do this, do that. I don't need that because I've got it's good enough. If I didn't have a remote control at all, then yes, I'd want the voice connectivity. But because I've got the remote control, is it worth to change all these just for the added option of voice? Mm. I think that intermediary step that they had, that, that, so that's one reason I, I think it hasn't sort of taken off. And 
two, it, it's all the big players that are that do it. Like washing, like there's no. It's not so common to get these no-name Chinese brands that do everything, right? Um, that in, in Australia that we we have a lot of like any any no-name no-brand TV in Australia has Android TV built into it, mm. right? They're super cheap and they have Android TV. Whereas in Japan, no, it's all like you know Sony, Panasonic, Hitachi, Sharp, Toshiba TVs, right? And they all like to have their own way of doing things. Same with the air conditioning units; they like to have their own way of of doing things and because I feel white goods are controlled so much by these large companies they they do it their own particular yeah, way yeah there's not a lot of integration like I said there's not a lot of integration so I mean obviously I'm looking at trying to add some automation for door like remote door locking and um yeah so so there's some some new technology coming out that I think I'll be putting into my houses um yeah. to be you know, so I at the moment everything's keys. It's all like old school. But um, do you want Ninja Locks? I've got five. I don't want. Sorry. You can take them. You want Ninja Locks? I've got about five or seven Ninja Locks. No, I'm actually want... looking at the Yale, the Yale ones, because then that can again it can connect to my remote um, monitoring system. So Ninja Locks. Ninja Lock. Um, I've got the the first iteration. I don't know if they released another one or not. It basically literally just fits over your current handle. Right. And it's connected to Bluetooth. So you get to the front door and you can knock on it and activate the Bluetooth. And then your phone app, you just unlock or relock. And you can set as the owner um, any, uh, like, which accounts have access to it or not. And you can see which account has entered the room or exited the room or all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Does it have a monthly fee? That's what's uh, caught I me off in the past is there's been a monthly fee, you know, and it's just like, are you I, kidding me? No, Another monthly fee? Uh, mm. No, so you, uh, uh, the ones I bought are standalone. They, they have, I think, a service which you connect, you get a separate little wire, a Bluetooth connector box that stays connected. Because it's Bluetooth, there's no subscription. Uh, ah, right? no, yeah. It connects to your phone. Um, but the, you can get like a little separate device that is permanently plugged that will be, have a Bluetooth connection to the unit and then to the server. But you don't you don't really need to do that. Like, uh, it's not necessary. And I, when I use them for my Airbnbs, it, um, yeah, they, they do go to stand alone. However. Oh, you can't see it. Yeah. That's, um, can uh, we, number one, I have to go, but regardless, can we save that smart home conversation for yeah, a whole episode? A one, hey? a whole episode about that? Because then I, I, I'm really interested in that kind of stuff. I'd love to know what's up. Yeah, well, hmm, yeah, sounds good. All right. Um, sure. but, but Tracy, if, if uh, um, Ash wants to come past and pick up, like, I think I've like five of those units, they're like 20,000 or 30,000 yen each. Um, and again, I was going to throw them out because I don't want them. Uh, but if you, and they all function fine. And you can purchase for like 500 yen, the adapter. Um, everyone's got, you know, doors have different sort of uh, units on it. You can yeah. purchase the adapters for them for a few, few hundred yen each. Okay. Really cheap. Oh, yeah, don't throw them away. Let me have a look. Glad, glad I mentioned in it. In the boxes. Cool. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for your time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, so there you have it. All things appliance, or, or as we call them in Australia, white goods related. Hope you found some value in our banter. As you can probably tell, we love talking shop. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis, or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa, and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. 
And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku. Bye.